0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, our podcast. Ted here, John here. We are two very, very exhausted co-hosts. Me coming back from a uh, trip from to Florida to Orlando. Uh, John getting out just had a week. Just a crazy, just a crazy weekend. Of crazy weekend, crazy weekend all this. around. Two very exhausted, two very exhausted co-hosts.
1: Can you see it? Can you see it in my face? I don't. I- <laughs> My regime in the last couple days—I I don't think I've been using the toner. I think it's just a mess. So uh, we'll, we're just getting through it this time, guys. We're just for you guys. We're making it happen.
0: We're making it happen because we got a lot of important things to talk about. Um, um, we got a lot of a lot of important things to talk about, uh, and I guess I, I don't know if we should just jump right into it or if we should. You know, usually, I ask, "Hey, how's your weekend, John?" How'd it was it go? crazy.
1: It was my anniversary, <laughs> and other than that, it was it was crazy. Additionally, on top of that, so it was. Uh, you you had an interesting weekend. Yes, uh, I did. And it is and it is relevant to the show for, for it is a, <laughs> it is an, it is directly relevant to what we're going to talk about today. So the, the kickers played while you were down there as well, too, right? They did. They did. They How'd got they a
0: victory. Do? So that was a that was good Three to points. to follow. Uh, they have a match on Wednesday. They got the makeup match for the Henny Derby uh, at home. So I'm going to go check that out on Wednesday uh, to to kind of cleanse my palate of of Orlando <laughs> and in the Orlando game. Uh, yes, but I got to uh, I got to travel down. Uh, to the game, uh, I spent some time with with family uh, in Jacksonville. They they live out there, and so I got to see the beach probably one last time before before the winter consumes us all. Um, and uh, so that, that that was enjoyable. It was fun to great to see them. Uh, then of course went to Orlando, saw um, saw my friend uh, my friend Josie uh, was my best man at my wedding. Uh, so it was good to see him and got to hang out at the game. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the the game itself, the so so getting in the stadium. Um, th- this place is in, in. I never really like. I always like thought like I went to Orlando. I, I never. I always like a kid like literally. I I guess I always knew this. But, like you arrive at the hotel and they're already like take the take the bus to Disney World. Like you literally could just hop off the airport. Get on a bus and go literally to Disney World like there's All literally roads no, lead to Disney yeah in basi- basically basically and they did a 50 uh, a 50 50th and uh, tribute to um to Walt Disney which that doesn't undersell a Mickey Mouse Club I don't know what does <laughs> uh, but uh but so the game the game happened uh, there's a, a lot of fans. a lot of fans travel down uh, a lot a lot of a lot of a lot of fans traveled down it was it was cool to see uh, they kind of stuff you into into a little corner. Uh, my dad and I tried to move to a side maybe away from that so we could kind of watch the game, kind of sit and relax. And uh, we got yelled at and said, this is your section, go, even though there was no one there. Uh, so your usual standard fare treatment. Then we had to wait 30 minutes, uh, which is if you, Classic. if you follow John Lee, he had a little more extensive part about it. It does get a little, apparently that's part of the MLS yep. code that they have to wait 30 minutes. I think you can use a little bit of common sense that when the stadium is mostly cleared out, Probably safe to let us go. I contend that so we when we went down the stadium, they have the little the little booth where they're doing kind of the post game. I contend they wanted to keep us away from that. That's my contention because as soon as that broadcast ended, and I, I knew this so I was kind of looked down and the guy was like, "Woo, three points!" and kind of like like it was over, and then like they're like, "All right, you can leave." I'm like, "Ah, that's what was you you guys you, maybe there is a thirty minute thing, but you guys really just wanted that whole." That whole thing, you guys didn't want us going down, yelling, you know, seeing the opportunity, which may, which I've may been, have been smart.
1: I've been held out at San in San Jose and at LA and in Philly. Philly, we got a police escort, but that was at the link. Yeah, and it and it didn't help. From it didn't the police escort did not stop uh, <laughs> Philly people doing Philly things to the fans. So yeah,
0: work. no, no. So you know, I get the idea of of waiting, letting fans clear out. I understand that you don't want. You know, you don't you don't want you don't those want type, popping off. Yeah, you don't you don't want those types of it is. It is frustrating as like people like me, and my dad, who just want to go and like just relax. We've been to a game. We just got, you know, last minute loss, which we'll talk about to in a minute um, and uh, say so what would happen. Well, there, there's some security guards and police that would kind of like that would kind of like force you. Uh, I think force you. I'm not sure if they could actually do much. I don't think they would want to try to do much, but I'm not sure what the what the repercussions would be. But they pretty much block you from, from trying to, from trying to leave. So, uh, but you don't still, want to mess with it. It's still, not worth it. you just sit there. Still very, very nice. Atlanta's got a really nice stadium. It's got a full roof, obviously. Very jealous Ooh. of that, except on the little corners are the only places that are exposed, uh, but still a really, uh, really nice stadium. Um, I think, I guess I didn't get, we, we kind of got there right at, at game time. Uh, and usually in away games, I don't really want to peruse around the stadium and, you know, walk around in my other Jersey, uh, particularly towards the, you know, supporters end. Um, so yeah, but other than that, uh, fun, fun experience, disappointing game. Obviously seeing Gressel's goal was cool. Uh, and yeah, uh, that, that was my, that was the one big, big road trip. Uh, I don't know if I'll, I'll get any more this season I know we got a couple of road games coming up, uh, but I don't know if I'll be able to make
1: those. So uh, I'm waiting for West coast games next year. That's what I want. I want, <laughs> I want, I want, I want to be like, Oh, I need to go to San Jose again. My place that I love to go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty United. I could have gone to Philly or New York, but, I gotta go to. I gotta, those yeah. are the, the also Left Coast Legion out there is fun. Shout out to if any of them. I'm not sure if anybody was listening to the show, but big fan, of, big fan of them. It was always uh, it was always fun while I was living out there to go. Particularly when you're when you live out there and it's like there's not a lot of DC United content to be found, and then you're like, oh look, 25 of my new closest best friends uh, that are supporting DC United. So traveling's the best. I yeah. can't wait to do it more next year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully COVID, we get some more. We get some more West Coast trips. I guess the only one we had was San Jose. Um, now the, f- the, the fun, the fun stuff's over now. We got to talk the not so fun stuff though. The, uh, the uh, we, we, so like we, we, I think this is, this has been probably from a pure, I, I guess like I woke up this morning. So I woke up kind of getting ready for my trip on Thursday, saw, saw the story, kind of read it. And then I pinged you guys and I'm like, holy crap. Have you guys read this? And you're like, what to so go? I literally sent you all the link. You read it. Um, th- this my brain is, melted yeah it 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 is this is probably and this is not only just broken through I guess in the realm of women's sports or local you know DC sports like the spirit what happened with the spirit what was still terrible and, and bad and awful in a lot of ways had maybe a little bit of maybe got a mention maybe it got a you know a little um blurb down there in the in the bottom uh this what what happened is sort of is sort of this. Uh, what happened with with Paul Riley and, and, and sort of the story that came out uh, was was nothing short of a bombshell. Uh, great reporting from Meg Lindenham. And I, I'm i so sorry, I cannot remember the other person who wrote the article. I think it's Sarah, somebody. And I apologize for that. I should have had that down. Producer Brian will take care of that. Please. Yeah. Producer Brian will we'll, we'll take care of that. Make sure we mention them because we definitely want to mention them. Um, but an incredibly, uh, incredibly uh, awful story that that broke and. Um, it, it really felt like this was kind of like this isn't just a team a coach a play you know a, an executive one person this is more underselling sort of the the systematic failures in NWSL that exist and the way they're failing players uh, in a lot of ways um and it's 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 really sad to see uh before we get into more details you know John any sort of thoughts you you had to
1: this yeah i mean it was i think i think you sort of covered in the fact that the any thought that this was just a, a localized problem, mm-hmm. and that it was just a Paul uh, just a Paul Riley problem, just a Portland Thorns problem, North Carolina problem, the fact that it was reported up, and, and there was paper trail, and the commissioner saw it, and there's paper trail coming back, uh, that's really when you start to say, all right, clearly they are no one is protecting, no one has these players' best interests in mind, nobody, none of them, uh, not uh, the people who have been hired to replace previous people who were who were and who are now actually back involved made a duffy back sort of involved again in a, a position of leadership uh there's just there's nowhere to hide there's no safe place for players in this league and i think you know the reason it's broken through it's annoying that the only thing that gets press is is the stuff that's you know like this right uh jason anderson mentioned uh black and red the traffic for these type stories crush game stories for the spirit. Like they don't even come close. Similar to probably our supporter supporter group drama versus regular episodes. Yeah, absolutely. As far as like, yeah. it, it, but, it, it, you know, I think the good outcome of that is that action happened, right? Dominoes mm-hmm. fell, and we'll get into that. But I think that, you know, having SportsCenter break in on it, having it be on Good Morning America or wherever the hell it was, I think, I think it, it's gotten to that level where it's getting... That sort of publicity about how horrible this was and how there's no safe place for players in the league it meant the MLS teams and players are speaking out. Uh, it's just sort of a a common recognition. Everybody who read that article came away with the same thing, that this, this is beyond the pale and it's unacceptable and everything has to change. People who have been calling for change now for uh, weeks, months, and years are validated uh, in full. And it's really a matter of, uh, and, we'll, and we'll probably talk to the rest of it. you got to burn so much of this down to mm-hmm. get back to to get to the good wood of this, to get to the, like the, the, the stuff that you want to regrow. You've got to cut so much down that it's going to take a while. Uh, and hopefully uh, they they keep they keep going on that and don't sort of abandon ship because they know it's going to get hard. Uh, Steph, Steph Yang
0: is the other writer of the article. I uh, want to make sure she she gets mentioned. mention. Uh, I think Meg Lenihan is the is the known the known person, I guess, in, in, in women's soccer, uh, the the more she's the one who's been making the media rounds. Uh, but definitely want to want to call out Steph Yang as being the other contributor to the athletic article uh, before before we maybe dive maybe a little bit deeper into, into that. I do want to make sure we met. We talk a little bit uh, that we are a D.C. focused podcast. There still is the the issue with the spirit. And I want to talk a little bit about how what happened here. Does this impact? You know what we've been seeing as far as momentum, um, you know, or, or for the spirit that seemed to be kind of coming to to a to a head. Not that I think Meg Linenham or Steve Steph Yang should not have published her; they absolutely should have. They should have, you know, published yeah. their work and exposed their work. But we'll get into a little bit. I think, you know, maybe is this going to cause uh, kind of you know when we, you you got a house on fire and then suddenly the whole city catches on fire. You suddenly attention gets diverted very quickly, um, and so. Uh, but let's let's talk about what happened with the spirit. Uh, so the investigation concluded. I believe that happened pretty much right after we finished recording last Monday. Yes, the
1: day after. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, spirit executives had uh, had knowledge of Burke's treatment uh, of players. Did nothing. Uh, best created a culture that discouraged players from reporting incidents. Uh, multiple sources also accused Baldwin of rage trading, uh, and Baldwin gave, gave the classic "No, I definitely did not rage trade." Uh, Rose Lavelle and Maori Pugh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, which is the classic, uh, I, I think this is who you're talking about and no, I didn't. And everybody's like, okay, so the, you definitely rage traded those players then. Um, so. I'm interested
1: about, about that before we move on. I'm inter- I, wish we, I wish he was a reliable narrator right now because I am very interested in the, the sentence that he said at the end, basically, that we offered Rose whatever she was going to get paid at for Man City to stay and she didn't want it. Now, right now, you can't take his word for anything. Uh, and if things are, if it, you know, <laughs> Rose certainly experienced or at least witnessed all the things that mm-hmm. were going on when she left. So that it may, it might not have been money. It may have just been get me out of here, please, yeah. as soon as possible. Um, yeah. But I, that was interesting. I thought that was sort of as a throwaway line. That was an interesting comment it, for him to can add in there.
0: And I think it more undersells it. You know, it's not always about money sometimes. Even staying here, it's like, no, this is clearly a toxic culture. You guys are are, are fermenting this and I want no part of it. Uh, and you know, you even talk, I mean, I, I think this even brings up more questions. We talk about Mallory Pru now making the national team suddenly looking like a really talented player. Again, probably the culture and the situation at DC was just, not, was not a healthy one. Um, I don't know if we talked about Larry best and his, I think we did talk about that last week in his comments. Uh, so they have the the results of the investigation um, as I've summed it up. Is they are banned from league governance, and they have fourteen days to respond. So obviously tomorrow will be. They have seven more days to respond. Um, of course, Michelle Michelle Kang coming out with an interview, saying all this. It did sort of feel like this was maybe we were. She puts out the statement. The, the results come out. What do we what do we make of this? Is this a is this a saying to the league, say, hey, sell this to Michelle Kang or you guys are, g- are not going to be involved? Because, I mean, you might say, well, you know, wh- who needs to be involved in league governance? That matters a lot, being
1: mm-hmm. able to have a say in how your league is run when you own one of the teams. I Particularly mean, do- when there's no commissioner uh, yeah. right now and no general counsel and everything everything else is on fire. Yeah, you'd want to be able to have a, a seat at the table. I think, you know, the other owners knew this already. Mm-hmm. The, re- the reporting had gone around. There, w- It was reported, basically, that Steve Baldwin had emailed all the league owners to tell them that Michelle Kang was trying to to screw him basically. Uh, and Michelle Kang responded to that because she wasn't supposed to be CC'd. I think he accidentally CC'd her, which is funny. Just as a, a general office denizen, and anytime you accidental CC it's funny. Uh but so that I think the league knew this already. I think it was just a matter of timing. Uh I, I think she laid out what she how the thing, how she would make a change. She made a statement that uh the money that will be needed to do these things I have uh, and I'm ready to invest it. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't think as far as a a further bearing on this, uh, I think it'll just matter if the rest of the league sees the other problems that are going on and say, all right, well, we can nip this one in the bud here easy, right? We can get rid of, we can, we can, the findings came out, the coach is fired, the, the, the figurehead that's sort of making a lot of noise is currently banned and hasn't made a statement. It would just be easier if we just say, Steve, uh, the league has decided that you're no longer uh, best interest to be and the owner. I don't know if they have like a good conduct clause or whatever, like a lot of other leagues have. Uh, and then just say, yeah, give it to Michelle. Get, sell, sell your shares to Michelle and then we'll move on. And then I think that they will probably leave it. I think because at that point they will say, we have so many bigger fish to fry. Uh, like you were talking about previous, uh, you know, before this. I'm not sure how much the NWSL is going to stay focused on. They're going to say, we did it. We did it. We had our findings. We released our report. We want the owner to change. Once the owner changes, that's it. Good luck. Go forth. We have other we have other problems. Yeah. You think you think that's probably the way it'll be?
0: I I mean that's that's what I kind of thought was was what we were heading towards. Uh, and then we of course had the what happened with the Paul Riley story. And I, I do wonder did that does that maybe divert attention where suddenly either this switch switches away? I I don't know if it I don't know if it does. And also we should mention too uh, a certain perspective uh, Steve Kaplan DC United owner. Uh, took a picture in front oh, yeah. of the sell the sell the team, Steve uh, Banner, which was pretty interesting uh, for in a lot of ways. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I want to hope my biggest thought with this is I, my concern was that this might like almost create like a distract distraction. Well, you know, where Steve Ball was like, look, it's all bad. So why are we being punished? You know, look, you know, our why aren't, you know, the Portland owners getting the same treatment? They enabled this person to to, you know, abuse for years Two two teams have done this now. Where they enabled this person, so that that is maybe one thought I have uh, about this, because it seems like definitely, and, and we'll get in, we'll get into more of this a little bit, because uh, the, a lot of people calling for for Gavin Wilkinson to be to be let go, uh, and I think they're right because there there is some clear enabling uh, that went on here. Uh, y- y- you don't you don't just have one person getting away with this. Uh, you have people that sort of allow this to happen. Uh, that do not take allegations seriously, that kind of brush it under the rug, that kind of, you know separate separate somebody from a contract or dismiss them, but don't don't really say why. Oh, they're pursuing other interests. Uh, did you that, see
1: Merritt Paulson's statement along those same lines that came out today?
0: I, I did not see
1: his statement. so, so I, uh, I mean, it's the it's the, every day there's a new statement, right? So many people have screwed up. It is basically like notes app apocalypse. Yep. like everybody. everybody has got something to say about uh, how they've screwed up and and how they need to get better. Uh, but Merritt Paulson basically was like, yeah we did we, we only had one complaint. We fielded the complaint, we saw it have merit and we got we got rid of him. Uh, the mistake we made was not saying that and and, and letting him have that out. Uh, and then he was basically like, I'm sorry, we shouldn't have done that. Unfortunately, uh, it enabled him to get another job. yep. Uh, and so uh, somebody somebody else tweeted about this too like they said, the way this league has handled these issues in the past was so slow and deliberative. The book on Paul Riley must have been so heavy and so clear that they had no fear of being sued because they fired his ass, they banned him from any contact with the league, they banned him, uh, the uh, USSF banned him. He can't go in any facility with any player uh, for the foreseeable future. So look how Richie Burke got handled, and look how Paul Riley got hand- handled. So that so that was. Uh, obvious that the team knew, they went through a thing, the league knew, all of those things were just certain and they just didn't they just didn't see the light of day. And then they did, and then like, whoop <laughs> let's move. Uh so yeah, I wonder how many other things there are like that with a league that has consistently sort of kept the kept the findings of the reports close to their vest, Even the even the spirit uh I, I mean. Example. In in the case of Paul Riley,
0: I mean this extended well beyond NWSL. This extended yep. to 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 the the WPS to I think a, a an amateur team I think he ran with the with the uh with in Rhode Island. I mean this is something that has extended far beyond um far beyond uh the the just NWSL. Uh this is a systemic issue that exists um I think in 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 women's soccer in general. Uh and we've had uh issues like this in the past. Dan Boris law. Uh I, I even I remember that someone even even wrote. I, I think in Holly Cl- uh, Molly Holly Cl- uh, Clancy's article, uh, there was a uh, there was a there was a piece that was about how uh, Dan Boroslaw wanted the players to call him Daddy. Yeah. And uh, just real just grimy stuff. Uh, I mean, this is stuff- made my skin crawl. Yeah, I know man. it's ugh. Ugh, it's just so it's just so so bad and so grimy and ugh, it's it's. It, it, it really it, it really underscores I think the a larger issue in in uh, in women's soccer and in and how these people get jobs and, he, and even you know remember when um I think I remember when I think the the 15 year old I can't remember her, her name
1: Olivia Moultrie
0: Olivia Moultrie was trying to get into the league and the league was standing very very firm on the idea no we do not want to do this uh seeing all of this makes you wonder, what was that? Was that one of the reasons why was because they knew they had such a huge problem? And I, I guarantee you, Paul Riley, Larry Best, Richie Burke. I mean, these are not the only people that exist out there in this league. I, I, I would not be surprised if there was somebody may, who maybe not as maybe not able to wield as much power as Paul Riley is. Uh, and that seems to be very much an issue is the pirate power, power dynamic here uh, that he was able to sort of use that to to manipulate these people. Uh, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I, I think someone I, I kind of read this and I kind of thought like this almost what he was doing felt criminal. But I mean, in reality, there. I mean, I don't know if there's a much of a criminal case you can you can bring here. But what he was doing felt criminal. It felt like it should be a crime. It was so bad. Um, and I, I remember I, I think I was listening to uh, to another person say, "Well, you know, I don't think there's anything illegal he actually did here." And I'm like, "There has to be. Some of this has. Some of this just feels so bad and so just." utterly disgusting that you almost feel it has to be illegal but honestly he's probably right and you know he he gets to uh, considering the the house he has and the amount of money he's made over the years uh maybe he's hurt a little bit financially but he'll continue to to be financially uh you know financial financially fine i think for for year for years to come
1: yeah and and, and you know what's the, that's not all that happened, right? I think there's also some other elements. We want to make sure uh, there were no spirit, there were no NWSL games. Uh, this yeah, this week. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that uh, the, I think it sounds like the players wanted to do this. They got in contact with the league and they came to an agreement that there would be no games this weekend. I think the league also knew that. I'm not sure if the NWSLPA like told them we're not going on the field, so y'all can figure it out, or if it was actually sort of a, a reached upon conclusion. Uh, but very soon after that. I think maybe, was it one day? I don't have the timeline here, but uh, Lisa Baird resigns as the Mm -hmm. commissioner. And I I think you have here the the language. The NWSL Board of Governors today announced after after her firing, or resignation rather, not her firing. Also, the general counsel of NWSL also stepped away. The one, uh, I don't have her name in front of me, but she was criticized for the transgender policy that she put together at the beginning of the year as well. So there's... Man, it has been a year of chaos. For the first year that we've covered NWSL, the number of people who have been fired, the number of like off the field stuff that has just con- perpetually hammered uh, teams in the league is just insane. I thought MLS was crazy. This is worse. But I just want the, the so the solution basically in the short term is that they're going to appoint a executive committee to oversee the league's front office operations, including Amanda Duffy, who works at the Orlando Pride, who was formerly the commissioner before. Uh, before Lisa Baird came over, Angie Long and Sophie Sauvage from uh, O.L. Reign, and they're going to look once again for a new commissioner uh, one year after this one.
0: It, and, and you know, there there are a lot of people that did bring up uh, some some points. Obviously, um, Kaya McAuliffe brought up some good points that this is still uh, very much leaving out. I think in a lot of these leadership roles, leaving out um, you know people of color to actually be leader leaders in uh, in 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 the league office and in the in the uh, you know on the on the sidelines as well for this. so and the, these are people that have led this uh, from day one uh, and, and, and been real leaders in, in how all this has happened so uh,
1: and and this year specifically I've had numerous occasions where yeah. that, that they that they are being targeted for for being who they are. So I, I think there's a lot of merit to that and I think that's something that hopefully the league and this I mean it's I, I think this is a short term thing this sort of like triad this is very very Soviet. Very like near term, we have to <laughs> we have to keep the trains moving. Um, and having a former commissioner be able to do that, at least she knows where everything goes. She knows where the paper goes and the and the staples are. Uh, but yeah, I think that, that is certainly something that they should do much better on as they come to a new conclusion. Uh, do you want to talk about the the, the policy changes that they, that they are? and also too we we don't have on here uh, uh, nope. the new hire that, the new hire the league appointed uh, uh, sat, the the former. Uh, AG. USAG. Yes. What's her um, last S- uh, Sally? Well Sally so Sally Yates I think
0: was hired uh, by U.S soccer. So U.S. soccer has a separate investigation. going to NWSL. Uh, Amanda Kramer, uh, former assistant U.S attorney uh, said will lead the the firm's team report directly uh, to the NWCL's new uh, board's newly formed executive committee. Uh, so there's very different. Sally Yates also has been, I think, a U.S. Uh, deputy attorney general, um, became mm-hmm. famous, you know, during the uh, for being f- famous during the Trump and the Russia investigation and everything like that. Um, Amanda, I think uh, I think I read Amanda Kramer um, has a has the one of the dubious honors of not being one of the attorneys to not file charges against Jeffrey Epstein, if I remember correctly. Cool. Uh, um, if I remember correctly, I think that was that was one of the one of the very cool. Maybe I, I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong about that, but I think I read at least one of the attorneys involved uh, did that. So, um, so definitely a difference here. Uh, definitely a difference uh, in in um, in who who the attorneys are and everything like that. Yeah. So she was the she was the attorney of the Southern District of New York. So I think I'm pretty sure that's. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, she, she she was the one. Um, so uh, obviously, there's some other things in this policy. Uh, and one, one quick thing I want to add first is I, I do think I, I personally think the the success that this league has had in, in generating attendance that we saw in 2020, I think for the first time, the players suddenly have um, at the very much a little bit of power, not a fear of retribution anymore, that I think that's why we have seen this sort of come up. And that's and that's been a really big and important thing. Uh, that sort of the the generate. So sort of the the pendulum probably still very much on the owner's side. But I think they managed to gain just enough where they could at least uh, where they could at least use some of that weight to, to force some of this through. Otherwise, who knows how long this could have continued? Who knows how long Paul Riley could have been a could have been a manager? or could have been a coach. Um, I mean, he was able to get away with this for so long. Uh, I mean, that the length I think of this is what's so shocking uh, about Paul Riley is how how long he was able to just get away with this. Um, the spanning multiple leagues thing. Multiple is, leagues, uh... multiple teams, multiple years, same thing, same same idea, everything. Um, let's get to the policies. Independent review of practices and policies by the league, uh, club levels, including workplace policies for each club. Uh, and league-mandated anti-discrimination, anti-harassment policies, kind of bare minimum stuff, Conference policies that create a uh, league and all members to ensure moving forward is, is systemic, transparent, and effective in executive action. I mean, a lot of this so, – so a lot of this that we're reading at here. So the a, a reopening of the 2015 investigation following NWC coach Paul, Paul Riley and subsequent hiring by the Western New York Flash and North Carolina Courage. Um, reviewed investigative reports – and related to all
1: historical complaints of discrimination, harassment, abuse uh, in the NWSL. This is important because what's going to happen now is a third party, an external third party, will review these complaints that have gone into the NWSL black hole, the front office black hole, where things are reported in, not reported out, action not taken. So that that of these things, saying you're going to take the training, saying you're going to do, do a review of workplace, that's good, but the spirit also had... An anti-harassment policy in place and had those they just weren't followed and 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 richie was on his third strike when he got fired so policies are great it's all about the will to enforce them and the will to punish people who violate them and the will to publicly state that you're doing so and not for the sake of you know good old boys network or whatever it is like professional courtesy whatever you want to call it um I think that that's an important change that needs to happen. So that is my favorite thing, the fact that they're going to basically go back in time, look at every every no. harassment thing that has been that been contributed and look at it again. But also they're figuring out a better way uh, and, and line and chain of custody of evidence and everything else to report things in the future uh, as, as far as uh, future whistleblowing type things. So that's good too.
0: Yeah, and they've also pro- partnered with Real Response, the leading uh secure and anonymous reporting platform for sports teams and organizations. Uh so it appears like they're actually establishing um, you know, real minority uh or sorry, real uh anonymous reporting. Uh which is something that should exist in all capacities and um and definitely not something that 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 should be there and I it, it, I mean, maybe it, sh- it probably absolutely should have been there from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, the fact that it's there is is good. Uh, again, all of this is all of this is good. These are good things the league is doing. Is it enough? No, it's they need. There's going to have to be more. There's going to have but, to be. Why the
1: previous one? The previous one was if you have a complaint, email L at nwslsoccer.com, <laughs> and we're going to CC your boss. That's, that was probably the way they used to do it. So yeah. an improvement. Yeah, yeah. and
0: uh, by the way, uh, SMC Ultra points out Kaya uh, started this, and she deserves a lot of credit. She does. Um, I think she she was the first one to kind of put her name on some of this and be like, "Hey, I'm putting myself out there." And I think that led a lot of others. And I think the support that she got from fans around the league and other people um, also pushed uh, pushed others to come and start to speak out um, and to really try to make try to make a change. Um,
1: and, and I don't want and I don't want to valorize uh, Alex Morgan for doing too much, but I do think the fact that someone who has a lot Uh, of clout uh, and and really and sort of her having the the email receipts and providing sort of using her star power to uh, direct things in the right way and to sort of say like uh, I think that helped I think that helped take it the next step like obviously her name being in the story but also being like not only did you know here's the response you sent us and how tone deaf it was I think that might have been the nail in the coffin for Lisa Baird honestly
0: yeah I think that was it that was that was the final that was the final that was the final straw it was, you knew, you knew this was a, you knew this existed and you, you did not take action. Um, and I think that was, it I think before she would have probably have weathered this if that didn't come out because it would have said, well, you were, you know, you weren't here, you, you know, you have plausible deniability that you knew. Now there's no doubt you, you had it in your email inbox. You respond in the most crass, I think pretty crass way possible. Um, yeah. Uh, it was it was it was just not a it was not a good look in the response to the email. I think it was like a thank you and have a good day, something like that. Or Basically, was, yeah. yeah. We look
1: forward to working with you again in the future.
0: Yeah, um, not a not a good not a good way to respond. Um, so you know, she she is gone. She handed a resignation. Uh, probably was I'm sure she saw the writing on the wall, or she was quietly told either resign or we'll fire you. One of the two. How do you want this to go down? She they chose the resi- resignation. Now the question is what happens from here. Uh, there are people that say burn it all down, fold the league. Where do we stand on all this? I mean this it, I mean for lack of a I, I mean I have a tough time being like burn it all down, fold the league because I'm like the league this I mean with this this feels like a transformative moment. Maybe I don't know if you change the name, maybe you come up with your own, you try to separate yourself. I got to find some answer here because you still professional professionalized uh, women's soccer still has a very important part that it needs to have and it needs to exist. And, and, mm-hmm. and it it, just, it needs to be better. It needs to be much better. I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if you burn it all down. has the, has the brand NWSL brand been binned.
1: Been... Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that's for certain. I think there are uh, a couple million People today that had never heard of the NWSL that now only know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's a problem for one. Uh, that speaks to other problems. There was a thread that happened. Uh, a- Akaya retweeted it yesterday. That was just just brainworms, just like mind-alteringly bad. Uh, it was about the fact that uh, they shouldn't have published this story because it could hurt the league and it, it really hurts North Carolina Courage. And they could have waited until after the game happened. And that sort of changed my mind about the the, the folding thing. So I, it, granted, the, the league folding would hurt the players, yes, I, without a doubt. Their livelihoods would be altered uh, and, and something we need to, to fall through. But I think they're on strike 2.99999 with this. They have one more chance to get it right. The next thing that happens, and there will be a thing that happens because the world sucks and there will be another thing... If it's not handled perfectly, if if people are if people still the bare minimum threshold right is that you can go to work every day and feel respected and safe and treated like a human being, and if they can't they if they can't hold that one up, then I'm sorry, we don't deserve to have a league. we 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 have <laughs> we have proven that we do not deserve the 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 keys on the weekend for the car. Uh, we we we've not been able to do it, and it sucks for the players because all they're doing is being the best players in the world and a country that has not given them a league that supports them. But in the end, the, it will be a challenge for fans. And particularly if you're the league, uh, partners, mm-hmm. uh, business partners to want to put money towards this brand that has now negative brand equity. And all the reason these groups were trying to support NWSL was about its position as a, a you know, for for women, right? And if it comes out that the league is in fact a very dangerous place for women, and has proven so, and the league intentionally didn't make things better when they could have, why is Secret? Why is Budweiser? Why are all these companies that were sort of sticking their neck out to make an investment in in this league, as it, where it still has lots of room to grow, clearly? Why would they want to? Why would they want to reup it? They wouldn't. So they might, it might get burned down of, it's not, like, not of its own volition. It just might happen because the, but unlike that thread, I don't think that's a reason to not do it. (laughs) I don't think that's a reason to say, well, I guess the players will just have to continue to suffer. I I guess, I guess we'll just have to, I I wouldn't want to, you know, mess up my Saturday. So maybe they should just take it on the chin. It it was infuriating. I'm, I don't know if you've seen it or not. Go to Kaya's Twitter. Uh, It was a couple, it was maybe like two or three days ago, uh, but and she might have deleted it by now, because I think <laughs> I think a lot of people were really were really going after her for that. But anyway,
0: yeah, it's it's saying that saying that you know, well, you know, it hurts the league. I'm sorry, that's not if 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 the if preserving the league is preserving people like Paul Riley, uh, then then I'll take burning down the league any any day of the week, uh, because y- you don't want to be thinking about Paul Riley. You want to be thinking about the next. What? How do we avoid the next Paul Riley? How do we avoid the next Richie Burke? How do we avoid the next Larry Best? How do we avoid, you know, the next person that comes into this because they you know, they they because they this is what they want to do and 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 they act in this way and and they treat these players like that. Um and if that requires, you know, if the league can, can't be trusted, uh then the NWSL, the PA, and honestly, the NWSL PA should be the ones guiding this. They should be the ones telling us, yes, we want to continue playing this, playing in this league or not. If they're like, nope, we, we, we do not feel that NWSL has done enough, then burn it all down. Done. Move on. there, there, there is NWSL has at the very least shown that y- you can you can have a successful on the outside, certainly not about what's going on, on the inside. You can have a successful women's soccer product. People want to watch. People want to go enjoy. Right now, it is not working for the players, and it needs to work for the players. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I, a lot of people have said, you know, don't, you know, rely on NWSL. I hope USL, which by the way, announced a, a, uh, a second division women's league. I hope they are heeding, heeding a warning and I hope they are, they either have this have very much, you know, baseline implementations to handle, you know, potential abuse to handle potential issues that might arise or are actually vetting owners are vetting. You know who's buying these teams, not just taking the check and and cashing it. Uh, my my hope is that happening, because I mean, if we start hearing stories about this, then we're 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 going down the same path. Even if the top gets cleaned, if the second and lower divisions are still just as dirty, then nothing is being changed here, and it's all just going to get worse.
1: So, um, well, yeah. uh, coming from coming from two straight white men, I think that there's a common thread here about all these scenarios that cause the problems. As far as if you're if you're in a scenario if you're in a situation. With the sexual with the sexual power dynamic, apparently, apparently, men in soccer cannot help themselves. At least in NWSL, they Mm -hmm. they appear to be unable to do so. You know there are work relationships that exist in offices and all over the place. It happens. Certainly, it seems to be not as pervasive as it is in NWSL from a from a raw numbers perspective. Uh, But maybe that should be a consideration. As you know, everyone has been talking about we need to hire more women. I think even as a public safety issue at this point. Yeah, clear. Clearly, in NWSL, that may be a thing to address because this is uh, uh, this, the numbers do not lie. The statistics here are are, are troubling uh, for wh- for whatever reason why uh, you know other 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 bosses in other places can can manage to to treat women with dignity and not and understand that relationships and power dynamics. Our power dynamics preclude fair relationships, but apparently they they can, don't get the memo here. Any, anyway, we're spinning our wheels on that, but it is uh, it's got it's got to be fixed. And if it doesn't yeah. if it doesn't get fixed, then the league needs
0: to to cease. Yeah. So it, I think it's going to be. I mean, I question whether we'll even see a, a season continue. I mean, I I think looks like games are on for now. Uh, yeah, Wednesday. But, yeah, the, the, Wednesday. The,
1: the, the Spirit will play up in in Philly. For the Carly Lloyd going away game uh, for at Gotham as of right now, anyway, until that changes.
0: And you know, I, th- I think it's going to be a question of what's what's you know, it, I think the next few months are gonna are going are going to be key to seeing what happens and, and how this league, if this league continues. I mean, I think if this if the season ends this year, I think I think you you can start marking uh, marking the death of the league. You can start counting down uh, if they if they suspend the whole season this season. I, mean, I think that. I mean, that it's would... a good
1: point too if you look at the fact that they had uh, just a a week's worth of games wiped. Uh, in a in a very tight competitive yep. league like from a, just a, from a competitive per, competitiveness perspective i mean the spirit have had two 3-0 forfeits, so yep. that's that's an unusual thing to happen in a, in a season uh so in a season where all these things are happening you're right that you got to look out for uh what is going to happen the rest of the year what kind of what kind of how can they land this plane right now yeah i hope they can uh yeah. because you know that's what the fans want to see. they'd like to see the games it's just a matter of can it be done in a way? That players feel confident and want to want to go out there and, and risk their livelihoods for a league that is not protecting them or coaches that are assaulting them. Yeah, and it's just, I
0: mean, I just I think about where we started at the beginning of the year and it, John, you and I, we you know we we wanted we were so excited to cover this team. Um, yep. And, and the media and everything has been so open. So it, it just makes me sick that you know we're sitting here in September and. We're seeing what's happening uh, with, with the with the league, with teams, with everything that's been going on so far uh, is just it's just it's just been terrible. Um, and it's you're right. It's all straight white men that are that are the perpetrators in all of this. Um, yeah. So it's it's. Yeah, uh, I, I, I do. I, my question is going to be they're looking they're, they're doing a worldwide search for a commissioner who would want this, who would want this, this job at this point. I think it's going to be another question. Uh, who who would, I think
1: a reformer has an opportunity here. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. Right? I mean this this would be a huge huge opportunity. So, it's got to be somebody who 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 can be ambitious um, and, and you can think that they can actually enact change. Um, and my hope is it's not if it's another straight white male then what are we doing here? So, <laughs>
1: commissioners too are are challenged because they're they're essentially employees of the owners. Yeah. So they can only be as you know, forward-thinking or or change-oriented as the, as the owners allow them to be. That's that's that is why it's a poison chalice. That's why maybe it's a job you wouldn't want, right? Because you don't have you un, like unilateral authority to just dictate things. You've got to count on owners, you know. One of whom is not allowed to be in the room right now because yeah. he's run his team so poorly. So I don't know. You maybe maybe nobody wants this job. I, I don't I don't want it. I've taken my hat out of the ring for commissioner. I'm not I am not applying. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, I guess it feels weird to, to segue, but I guess we'll we'll do it. We will touch a little bit on the on the DC United game, uh, but let, let's talk about a DC United falling two one last minute goal from Daryl DK uh, over Orlando. Um, a, a game. So I, I think they're kind of they're two they're a couple of main things. First of all, DC United getting off to a to a fast start. Uh, an excellent excellent goal uh, from uh, Julian. from from Julian Gressel. Second goal, second straight goal he scored. Hasn't scored for DC at all. And then gets two he's on goals. on fire now. He's, 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 uh, <laughs> he really from now on. He is, he has almost stepped into the conversation of being like the team MVP at this point. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think we all, we all, we all have, have put, you know, Ola Kamara up on a, up on a pedestal, but just his influence on the game and, and how he's really grown uh, this season has, has been really uh, incredible to watch. Uh, the rest of the game, I thought there were a couple. Um, uh, oh, sorry. We can't forget the midweek win. Did we, do, we did not talk about that, did we? We uh, haven't no. talked about it. I don't think we have. I I got so caught up in this. Uh our producers reminding us that we have not talked about the midweek win. Let's 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 briefly touch on that. Uh DC United winning winning uh 3-1? No. 3 nothing.
1: 4-2? Four, two, four, two? Four, no, no, no. <laughs> it
0: wasn't that. 7-3? <laughs> oh, guys, sorry. This feels like forever ago. You got to bear with it. bear bear with us here a little bit. It was 3-1 uh over over Minnesota. Uh, penalty from Ola Kamara, goal from Julian Gressel, uh, goal from Junior Marie, uh, DiBiase uh, coming in off the off the free kick. Uh, let's talk. First of all, I would say this game is yes, Minnesota without Reynoso. Uh, I thought this was a dominant performance. Yep. They play like this against a team like Nashville, a team like uh, New England coming up. They stand a good chance to pick up three points in both those games. Um, so I, that was just a dominant performance. Obviously, Ola Kamari getting the penalty goal
1: gets a penalty saved. Finally, his uh, the streak of his uh, impenetrability has. He so I feel like taking two penalties in any game is a challenge. I almost wouldn't let him do that. Obviously, he's not going to get off the spot. Yeah. But second penalties are always always a challenge because <laughs> the 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 goalkeeper from Minnesota was finally like, I could just wait. I could just wait. He's gonna he's gonna do his hesitation. I could just wait, and then he and then he pushes the ball maybe six feet. Uh, left of the middle, not really putting towards the corner. He hasn't had to really basically every time he's been able to draw first movement and just push it away from uh, the diving goalkeeper. Finally, he he caught up a little bit to it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think so. um, So there was one moment I forget. I think it was, I forget which game where he got two penalties and he made both. And the Mm -hmm. same thing happened. First one, Keeper dived. He just rolled it to the left. Then the keeper didn't dive, but I think he put he was able to get underneath it a little bit better and put some more pace on it. That even though the keeper guessed the direct way, it was out of his reach. I think it was yeah. the uh, the the Chicago game, if I remember correctly. Um, so I mean that still could something that could uh, potentially happen. Uh, but I thought his uh, again, it was just this this was this game was over. This game wasn't close. Even when it was two one, the only thing I was nervous about was like some fluky you know breakaway goal. Uh, but other than that, I knew uh, the, you know the team had plenty of chances. Uh, Roberta, I think at least had a couple. Uh, j- just an absolutely uh, dominating performance from DC. Uh, I don't Gold think there's call much of long- off
1: for offside. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say things to to point out that uh, Junior Moreno scoring his first goal for the team is funny on a deflection. Uh, his <laughs> behavior after the goal, he was sort of just like. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't. I've not, I don't really do this very often. And then I think the rest of his team are like, "You celebrate, man. You're no. You don't ever do this. Take 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 an opportunity." Uh, normally,
0: normally, normally you, it's funny that his goal, his first goal, comes from actually placing the ball instead of attempting to rocket it from the from outside the 18. How about that?
1: <laughs> How about that? Donovan so when, looks,
0: hey, so yeah. I if that if that was uh, Lasada, he's a genius for being like, hey, hey, instead of try placing it and see what
1: happens. (laughs) I think that that was Moses Nyman's first appearance in like forever. Yeah. he came on as at last two minutes. Uh, and also Donovan Pines has been looking extremely solid to me. Yeah. Uh, for the last couple games, really, I think, you know, cement, uh, I was reading other places like talking about him, cementing his place back in the lineup. And for some reason that hadn't clicked in my mind yet, that that is true. And that he's now been a, basically a permanent fixture the last maybe four games. Uh, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's leaving. I think, I think now Brennan Heinzeich, him and, uh, and Andy, maybe, maybe that's your, maybe that's your triad when everyone's healthy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Brennan Heinzeich is, I mean, he, I think he's getting back to fitness. I don't think he'll see much time. Yeah. I, think I mean it, like
1: next year maybe or, he, or whenever. Right.
0: Best case scenario. I think for Brennan's, I because he gets like a sub appearance, uh, coming in, but I, I think, I think you can now officially kind of move on from a player like Fred brilliant. I think DC now finally can do that. Uh, Pines, all the tools are there. You see all the physical tools, the the tackling, the timing on the tackling. He had a couple uh, just really really timely tackles in this game against Orlando that really kept this team uh, that kept this team in this game uh, for a long time. Really sort of not not really giving Orlando a lot of good really good solid looks um, in this game. So I think he had maybe one moment towards the end of the game in Orlando where I thought maybe he got turned a little bit. Uh, it was kind of fortunate that Mora was there to sort of recover on the save. Uh, but but overall, just to put a cap on this game, um, yeah, I thought, uh, you know, Ariel, I thought, was also really good. Obviously, has the goal, maybe half a step offside. Um, I think he is riding really high into that uh, into that qualifying. Uh, I'm just hoping everybody stays healthy. It can't have any injuries whatsoever to anybody. Uh, DC finally, finally feels like enters a two-week break with no injuries. Um, I think someone was saying on, on the Orlando game there were injuries. Like, I didn't see any. I saw guys maybe that were just... I think they had kind of run out of gas because this is like their third game. Um, one player I thought that maybe struggled a little bit. I thought he was pretty good in the in the Minnesota game. I thought he was okay, maybe not as strong in the in the Orlando game. Uh, was was Jordy Reyna? Um, I thought he did not have sort of the same impact. Um, I thought uh, you know obviously I think uh, I think Edison Flores had a better game than Yordi Reyna. Uh, still not you know again. We have higher expectations for him. Right. He did have, I think, one nice play where he played a ball uh, kind of central. Um, and I thought he was a little – I thought in that second half, while D.C. were not perfect, they looked a lot more active uh, against Orlando and sort of pushing the game and trying to get that goal. Uh, and I thought maybe with some better finishing from Roberta and, and some other uh, more timely finishing, they could have maybe gotten a goal and maybe left that game with a point uh, instead right. of coming up coming up just short. Um, what do we think of Lasada's repro- approach in the Orlando game? Very much, it was a defensive type approach. I saw some criticism of that from some people. Um, I am not. It almost not, worked. Yeah, it almost worked. <laughs> it did really almost work. And I guess. So I, I wanted to do some math. Like, I really wanted to do some math of like, because this team has like more wins than anybody else. But also more losses than
1: anybody right. else. <laughs> well, that was as advertised, right? Like that's yeah. what we were told. Yeah. If you ain't first, you're last with the uh, Ernando Mosada, yeah. and by last, I mean you lost most so. most
0: most losses among the playoff teams right now. Like for for a record, like uh, Atlanta are ten nine and nine right now, and we are 12, 12 and four. So just just an unbelievable amount of losses. It uh, looks like we have uh, Eric on the line who wants to. To call and kind of rest this D- DC segment, so go ahead, Eric. Uh, welcome to the show. You want to talk about Pines and Reyna? So shoot.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I feel like uh, my feelings on Pines uh, this season have been he makes like one very bad mistake a game sometimes more than one but but usually it's like one very bad like oh 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 heavens to betsy oh i cannot believe this has just happened this is very embarrassing oh geez i've been here talking to my friend about how much i like donovan pines and here he goes doing this one thing again and then like he makes like two to four just amazing tackles and you're like He can't possibly get there. He can't. The guy's running too fast. He's too far ahead of him. The ball's out of reach. And then the leg comes out and it's just like that leg is like six feet long and (laughs) he just makes the tackle and it's insane. So I, 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 I do see both sides there, but I think that the pros of pines outweigh the cons, uh, for me at least. And I I completely understand their side of the argument. Um, but just for me, at least, I think that the pros very much outweigh the cons, um, Then briefly about uh, Jordi Reyna. Um, I think he looked spectacular, not spectacular. I think he looked much better in the uh, Minnesota game, Uh, mostly because, and I think that you really don't, you really only notice he's not, you, you, you don't notice how much he's doing for the team until he's not there. Like Kevin Paredes on that left side, just able to create mayhem. Which is what I feel Yordi like thrives in, is the ability to take these like 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 right now all of our front right all of the front line, um and and the wings for the most part, thrive in this incredibly high pace. Like if you guys uh pay close attention to the Minnesota game, like the just the one touch passes just were insane. Like people were uh, uh I can't I can't ex- like the number of times where it was like, oh okay, Reyna's got the ball and then like. Two seconds later, five of our players have touched it, and it's all the way over to, Lake Gressel um, on the right-hand side, and he's, like, looking for a cross. He's looking for runners in the box. It, like, that is very, very good. But you need someone behind Reyna to, like, help create that mayhem. And I feel like Kevin does that. Um, I don't know if you guys are seeing that. I don't know if maybe I'm just watching, uh, I don't know, different games. or But, but that's just my opinion. Um, anyway, don't want to contribute too much more to a uh uh very long stretch of games so i'll take my answers off the air
1: i appreciate it thanks for calling man
0: appreciate it and and i think some people um coswell's kind of add that you know i I think a lot of people always i'm a big fan of pine's high ceiling but he's good for one major blunder a game that hasn't gone away I will say that he has moments, he has games and I think his blunders get kind of amplified. And then the games where he doesn't, he kind of, you don't talk about it too much. He still is very much error prone. That still hasn't gone away. Uh, But I think this season has been a major step that it's less of an issue that keeps him on the bench. Um, And, and he's gotten really good at recovering. Like I think, uh, I think uh, I want to say in the Minnesota game, there was a time that he got burned pretty badly uh, but he manages to sort of catch up and recover and, 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 uh, and, and prevent the goal. Uh, Angus is on the line. Angus always, always a pleasure to have you on my friend. We'll let you take it away.
3: Thanks guys. Uh, yeah. calling again, you know, the Pines standard. defender. I, I might be the, yeah, I might be the biggest, I guess, Donovan Pines fan on the show. It seems like every week <laughs> I'm calling and defending him, but um, you guys are right. His, one-on-one defending has been quite good this year, right? You talk about who we lined up against Orlando, and Donovan Pines was not the worst defender we played. Um, granted, Tony Alfaro wasn't bad either, but you know, getting a yellow card 17 minutes into a 90-minute game isn't always great, um, Nor especially when you when you just come off a uh, well. He wasn't injured, remember? He was sitting out for a yellow card suspension on Wednesday. Um, yeah.
2: He so, came off
1: injured you know, in the lost. in the Orlando game, correct?
3: No, he came. They just subbed him off because okay. he was he was recklessly he, he was he was making some more reckless tackles. That's what got him the yellow in the first place. I believe he gave, almost gave up. He, there was a very sus tackle that involved the Orlando bench, like yelling at the referee on the side, um, which I thought was funny that like their bench like mobbed the ref, whereas ours kind of stood off when our assistant coach kicked the ball in before it had left before it had left the field yeah, of play. Yeah. Um, but it's just weird, you know, talk about weird things that happen in a soccer game. You could have filled out a bingo sheet during this one. Um, but I think some has to be jotted up to Losada's system as well. The high press really isolates center back, especially when you're traditionally playing a back three, but with Nahar, you're playing like a weird back two, sometimes back one, depending on the situation and that can isolate defenders and put them on islands where Donovan hasn't really thrived in the past. You look at the weird three back that we played in 2019, 2018, somewhere in that range where we were saying the exact same things um, about Steve and Donovan at the same time for whatever reason. But, you know, he's good one-on-one, and I think that that's important, especially considering uh, his recovery ability. So when he makes that mistake, he's able to make amends for it as quickly as he possibly can. And he's using his physical attributes for the better. Now, I'm not saying that the system is the problem and we need to fix the system because clearly it's shown that we are improved both defensively and offensively this year. So, you know, there's not much you can throw up to it other than he'll get better if he's 23. Give him a little bit of time.
0: Yeah, and, and I think you know if, if he if he if he were you know getting much better if, if that had been, then we'd be looking at selling him. Uh, not that I don't maybe want him to, to maybe reach that goal, uh, but I think it's also important to consider that. So th- I think he's got a lot of time. Um, I, I'm excited that, of the steps that he has taken. Um, I'm excited for what the system brings, and I and I think you raise a good point. Uh, I think DC's gotten better at playing in this system. I think lately they've been able to sort of, you know, navigate some draws against some teams, maybe not just drop so many games. Um, And I think it's going to be important to next season to how can we grow that? How can we continue to sort of grow? Uh, Because we've watched this team, you know, several times and I almost get PTSD when I think about now next year we're going to be better. And I'm like, but that's what I said so many years and it never happened. So I'm having to I'm having to catch myself a bit. Ernan
1: coming out with uh, the sort of like on the road we're trying to win vibe. maybe maybe not. maybe maybe uh, let's say against teams that are above us in this in the in the in the standings. let's just go for the draw. Let's try the Orlando method. have that tool in the bag. We don't want to at the end of the year be the team with one draw or two draws somehow and and a whole bunch of points lost from a winning position. Due to not being able to do game management, I think there's a middle position. He, clearly, the goal for Ernan was to not be Ben Olsen and to not have and not to have that vibe follow him, and he didn't really care about what that meant from a results perspective as much, as long as it was uh, he promised a change and he delivered a change. But uh, I think you know, I'd like to have that club in the bag too uh, next year, yeah. or maybe even later this year.
3: He said it himself. This year is a an identity year, right? this what playoffs was like the super goal. If you were to like rank them like that, like this would have been playoffs would have been the S tier result for a, like a season that was supposed to identify how DC was going to play in the coming. Uh, what is it? Two to three years that are remaining on his contract after this one. Two. Yep. Um, so yeah, in the next two years that that's how DC was supposed to be playing. So, you know, his whole point was, Hey, I don't have control of the roster right now. I'm not going to be given a huge control over the roster at the moment, but you know, I've got this time to evaluate the players that are currently on the roster and I can decide to keep or move whoever I please basically after this year. But all I want is for casual supporters and, you know, fans to realize, Hey, we're going to be playing like this. Right. So now he's able to say, Oh, playoffs are in reach. Let's try to like, and down some hatches and secure that. Whereas, you know, you know, March and like April, he was like, we need to, we need to show that we're different. Like what you were saying.
1: Right. And accomplished.
3: Uh, right. We did that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, yeah. I think you, I, I think right now, I think playoffs is an expectation for this season. Uh, I'd be disappointing if we didn't, that wouldn't be, it was a failure. Well, yeah, what the- was it good for? Yeah.
3: I'd be very disappointed if we didn't make the playoffs. I think everybody would be because we see how talented this roster actually is. Um, It being effectively the same roster. And I, I, you know, Taylor Swallman tweeted out yesterday about how great Montreal has been. And it's like, well, D.C. did a very similar thing and nobody's talking about them in the same vein that nobody's talking about Montreal. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's there's there's been a great shift in like playing. And quality of play in MLS this year. It's been really fun to watch. Yeah, I would agree.
1: All right, Angus man. Thanks Thanks, for calling.
3: Yeah. Have a good one guys.
1: You too. I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm rarely one to be, uh, you got to give it to Montreal. Uh, but they did lose their manager like a five seconds before the season started. So, uh, as far as like overcoming expectations, I think they did a little bit even better than we did. If you look, I forget who posted it. Somebody posted sort of like the preseason.
0: I think it was probably it was Angus. I think it was it was the Angus or DCU I, Soccer. It, I think it a. was. Plus.
1: Yeah, yeah. posting sort of everybody except for Charlie Davies having us at ninth. Everybody else having us like thirteenth or fourteenth. Uh, so yeah, I mean we we we've confounded expectations too, but I think Montreal maybe even a little bit more based on where they found themselves right before the season. Either way. We're happy either yeah. way. We're making progress.
0: Yeah, we're making progress, and you know, I think I think there are going to be a lot of discussions uh, that I think we're, we're going to have as a team, as 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 fans, about what you know, how can this team actually do better next season? Um, right now, I mean, they they control their own destiny for the playoffs. Uh, they do have a very tough, uh, a a f- a very favorable schedule coming up. Uh, I do want to highlight. Uh, obviously, we have uh, we have the uh, home against Nashville. Home against New England, two very very tough home games. Yep. Uh, so and better you know, home
1: than on the road for those two games, though.
0: Be- better at home. Better at home than on the road. Absolutely. Still very very tough. Yep. Uh, I I could see them if they drop uh, either of those games. I suddenly because of how tight things are start to get a little nervous. Um, and then of course you have road against uh, New York. That'll be another tough game. Uh, and then you have home against Columbus and New and New York. So uh, those are probably going to be. Playoff deciding games for this team into whether they make the playoffs because they're definitely going to be. Those teams have started to to turn the corner a little bit. They they had some very very rough summers and they started to kind of come about. Uh, I think uh, Mark Fishkin posted that uh, like New York has like the second best record right now in like the in like the Eastern Conference or tied for second. Um, yep. So very very tough turnaround. And then of course uh, then you close out the day against uh, Toronto. So at least you get it, your last road game is going to be
1: <laughs> Well, if you remember a certain year, I think two years ago ending the season against FC Cincinnati at home and yeah. not being able to oh, score a goal. About that. So I think the, I possible. think
0: DC would have found a way to win that game if there wasn't the two red cards, honestly, because I think that just like Since he was like, we're just gonna sit back. Uh, and I would trust I would trust a DC team right now against a nine man C uh, Cincy team a lot I more would than too. I would trust that.
1: I would too. Uh, just a reminder to the folks that are joining us uh, uh, live here on Twitch uh we'd love for you to support the show by subscribing uh that makes it uh uh it's a great way to help support the show if you have amazon prime you can subscribe using your amazon prime free sub each month you have to do it each month they make you redo it it's dumb uh or you can just subscribe with american uh pesos so whatever you want to do to support the show we appreciate it uh and if you uh, you know we love we love doing the live show i think i think that's Maybe a differentiator for us is having this opportunity really to, to hear from listeners and, and other DC United fans uh, on the on the day uh, what they think about how things are going. So uh, we love doing the live show and the support helps make it possible.
0: Yep. So call in. We love Angus. We love uh, we love Angus. And we love Eric calling in. They're they're kind of our, our regular callers. Uh, but if you if you have a thought on the team, you have a thought on anything, feel free to call in.
1: All right, if, folks. If someone can uh, if someone can call an, an utter first time caller, long time listener, I will send you a sticker. <laughs> if as long as it's true. So that's a, a challenge to you guys. Free sticker if you can do that.
0: All right, folks, I think that's gonna do it for the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next Monday. I don't I don't think we're taking a break this time for the break. Nope. We got US men's World Cup qualifying, so we get US men's national team Twitter. Oh joy! So definitely check that out, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We will catch you guys next week. Vamos!
1: Vamos